Welcome to Spew Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Kadabi, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 36th Meeting of Spew to Order. Lavender. Hello, Queerness. How are you? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm okay. It's just been a long week. <laughs> I'm, for the first time in my life, seriously considering taking a vacation because I just need to decompress. How are you? I'm doing okay. We're up to six full classes a month, and then I thought maybe we could do like a short series of classes during the week for some of the people that come regularly and people I work with it's uh, those don't usually work very well but I could do daytime classes so now they're talking about adding four more classes regular classes a month and and it's expanding too quickly too too big does it make you nervous <laughs> a little bit yeah, I I know the feeling. <laughs> but this is all good things. They're wildly popular. Yes. M- might do a kids class. We'll see. Ooh, that'll be that'll be fun. Maybe add that as a bucket list item, but that that's a that's a good one. Anywho, we got well, second half of the month <laughs> is Newt's commander's birthday is February 24th. So right around the corner. Yeah. As far as actors go, the 15th is Callum Turner's, the 17th is Bonnie Wright, 21st is Alan Rickman's, 22nd is Julie Walters, 23rd is Kelly McDonald, the 24th is Eduardo Lima, he's the graphic designer, the 25th is James and Oliver Phelps, 26th is Rohan Gotobed, 27th is Timothy Spall, and the 28th is Georgina Leonidas. Wow, a lot of February babies. That's just the second half. (laughs) Yes. So what are we talking about today? You know, I was just about to ask you. We're going in the second portion of the Half-Blood Prince today, so chapters 11 through 20. Yeah. This one, this is, not a lot happens in this book. I know, right? A lot happens, but not a lot happens. Like, the entire Half-Blood Prince subplot is is completely pointless. It's just to have something to have the book about. It's all character development. Yeah. Like, that. that's literally it. it. It's very much, the book as a whole is just like, all that stuff that Dumbledore hasn't been telling him for the entire rest of the series... Now it's just, here it all is at once, rather than spread out over the rest of the series. Right. And I feel like, especially the chapters that we're going over today, is, like, especially nothing happens here. I feel, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a lot of very specific nothingness. So, hang with us. Anyway, chapter 11, Hermione's Helping Hands, they start working on nonverbal spells. This just kind of reminded me of... 
that first time when a teacher tells you to read quietly to yourself and no one's taught anyone how to do that and everyone just like looks around the room and concentrates really really hard and they still read out loud but really quietly yeah <laughs> I, I can see that i don't think that that's wrong <laughs> did you see my note <laughs> did it reminds me of praying where you're trying really hard to concentrate and then you just keep getting distracted mm. i don't think i would do very well with nonverbal spells i think i would do okay i think you would be quite fine at it i think you would be just fine <laughs> talking is hard it's much easier just to think things to happen wish i could just think things to happen in real life yeah, but what if I accidentally thought the wrong spell? Because I do that. I do that. I'll be, like, telling my brain to think something, and it'll go the complete opposite way. And what if I did that with a nonverbal spell? Yeah, the fact that, that there isn't more inadvertent spells is kind of surprising. Because you, you really don't hear a lot about it. And then, like, suddenly at age 11, they're just like, you have to control it now. And it's like, how? Teach me. I was kind of thrown off that Hermione seemed to be the only one concerned in this chapter that they hadn't talked to Hagrid since they got to school, really. Yeah. Like, Ron completely did not care, and Harry was just like, uh, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> that really bothered me. Poor Hagrid. Poor Hagrid. Harry took a cover off a book, and then took a cover off another book, and Hermione looked scandalized. <laughs> to be fair, I would be scandalized, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love books too much. Going back and reading this and looking for, you know, like instances of autism, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that after Harry, after the trio finally get down to visit Hagrid, they're at his hut and he kind of has like, you know, I don't want to say a temper tantrum, but he has a moment. Hagrid has a moment and he just literally slams the door. And Harry is just not phased at all. And it just reminds me of, I don't know, it reminds me of Abby sometimes. If she, she does that to me, she'll just push me out of her room and not slam the door, but close the door. And I'm just like, eh. <coughs> she does this sometimes. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, no, that, that's very much just Hagrid does that sometimes. Hermione's all heartbroken and Ron's like, oh my gosh. And Harry's just like, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he did not usually lie in bed reading his textbooks. That is the sort of behavior, as Ron rightly said, was indecent in anybody except Hermione, who was simply weird that way. Also another thing that I have in common with Hermione that I would totally do. Hermione is simply weird that way and that, just that, speaks to me. <laughs> I was also very taken aback by the fact that McGonagall just kind of like straight up tells them that Draco was in detention because he missed homework. Doesn't seem like something she should like tell other students like that. Right? That's like a total breach of privacy. <laughs> and also in this section when we have McGonagall and Harry's trying to tell her that she thinks it was Draco that gave Katie this cursed amulet, you know, the author <laughs> uses the phrase, quote, not unkindly, end quote. And I hate this phrase. I've always hated this phrase. I still hate this phrase as a grown woman. Not unkindly. Don't you hate it? It's, it's not kindly. <laughs> I hate it. It is the biggest waste of a phrase I've ever heard. Uh, double negatives have use. But not this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my only note from this chapter. Okay. This chapter was pretty, this, this chapter was kind of slow. All right. The next chapter, The Secret Riddle, Dumbledore is wearing a plum suit 
And for some reason, everyone's acting like this is shocking for some reason. Is it because it's the 50s and people didn't wear plum suits? I, I'm just very confused. That's what I always thought. I mean, he's not wearing robes. If he was wearing wizard robes, I, I would understand. But he's just wearing a plum suit. No, I, I, that's what I always thought is because it was, you know, just way back in the day and nobody was rocking purple suits. Dumbledore. You can't kid me. The asylum. That's where you're from, isn't it? Professor. <laughs> well, of course I'm not going, see? I, just the fact that he jumps to this conclusion and no. the fact that he's just, I, I, I don't know, it just, the, 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 the way that he jumped to this conclusion just kind of spoke to me. Also, he called him Professor in kind of this interjected sort of way. I mean, it was definitely unsettling, Tom's reaction to everything, really. Yes. Very, I mean, paranoid. That happens when you torture kids with magic, I'd assume. Oh, you become, okay, you become paranoid. Okay, didn't know this. <laughs> I, would you not assume that you would become paranoid if you can torture kids with magic? I don't know if you would become paranoid. I mean, you would definitely become, you know, evil. But does paranoia just come with being evil? I don't think so. Also, Lord Voldemort has never had a friend, nor do I believe that he has ever wanted one. I'm okay with this. What do you mean? Friends aren't necessary. You think? They're nice, but why have a desire for one? <laughs> Some people do. Also, Voldemort collecting little, um, they call it trophies in the book, but I always think of them just as, you know, little trinkets. Mm -hmm. Abby does that. Yeah, yeah. One of those things where I like, I'll, I'll like think I'm gonna collect something and then I don't, and then I just have like two or three of a random trinket. In, in the movie, they like had them in perfect lines in groups of seven. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading your notes for the next section. Okay. I, I, I just read my next one and I don't remember what this is in reference to. Continuing their interrupted conversation as though a lump of wood had not just attacked them. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, they were in the greenhouse. Oh, that's right. But the lump of wood is not what interrupted them. Professor Sprout was. <laughs> the lump of wood happened right before that. And it was just... The way that they did not see Professor Sprout as the interruption, uh, I, that, that's what this was about. I just, I just very much enjoyed that. I have to go back and look for that now because it is funny. This is when the author tries to make it seem like Ron and Hermione were in love the whole time. Yeah. I... It doesn't make sense, but okay. <laughs> Continuing on. Sorry. <laughs> there was a pause while Harry continued to pound the resilient pod with a trowel. He was doing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> he was just hitting it with a shovel. <laughs> I can see that too. <laughs> Look, picture that mentally in your head. <laughs> he says, you can save anything when you're on form. It's a mental problem you've got. And he says, you calling me mental? He says, yeah, maybe I am. This is one of those bad conversations that, that, that we need to weed out. But also, yeah. So it's <laughs> it's really funny that this is a note in here because that's like that's just like kind of what i'm going through this past week why my week has been so hard so i feel ron's pain here <laughs> i get it okay you want some trivia question yes i got two of them because i didn't know which would be harder for you oh okay or if either of them would be hard which hand did dumbledore injure 
And the other one is who is Nymphadora Tox's aunt? This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. All right, Lavender. Which hand did Dumbledore injure? I mean, I've only got a 50-50 shot here, right? So... His left. It was the left. That was one where I'm going, either you're just going to know it, or you're not. I feel... No, I, I knew that. But then I second-guessed it, and I was like, or was it his right? And I went with my gut. So then, here's another one that's also either you're just going to know it or you're not. Who is Nymphadora Tonks' aunt? I mean, Bellatrix and um, Narcissa, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ha-ha! <laughs> so okay, so you just know that one. <laughs> Okay, why would anyone think it was a good idea to decorate the school with mistletoe? Who did it and why? Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> it was a very bad idea. I wrote that down even before we got to the part where... Was it McClagan who's a... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was a bad idea. What have you been doing to that book, you depraved boy? This isn't the library's book, it's mine, said Harry hastily, snatching his copy of Advanced Potion Making off the table as she lunged at it with a claw-like hand. Despoiled, she hissed. Desecrated, befouled. It's just a book that's been written on, said Harry, tugging it out of her crypt. She looked as though she might have a seizure. Oh my god. For some reason, this makes me think of the trolley lady in Cursed Child. (laughs) It does. <laughs> oh. This, I, I know every time they mention the desecrated book, I like make a note about it. Yeah, you're, you, I don't know why, but you love, is it the word desecrated or the desecrated book or just, what is it? Just the fact that this book has been destroyed makes me upset. Just like everyone else, except Harry. Here's another little quote. Luna was demonstrating her usual knack for speaking uncomfortable truths. Yay, Luna. And we finally get the vampires. Finally, after like six books. (laughs) The, The pattern kind of drifted away. Like it was in the first four books, it was the chapter that they were going to Diagon Alley is the chapter it was in. And then in... This book, and I think the fifth book, it was they were still mentioned, but later on. She was, like, feeding that in this entire time. And then we finally get it. Also, in reference to Luna, remember time when everyone just made fun of conspiracy theorists? Now we live in scary, dangerous times where the conspiracy theorists are, like, trying to take control. Back in the days of old... <laughs> It's very character-building stuff, learning to peel sprouts without magic. I feel like the twins were a little unfair here and could have, like, I don't know, maybe they could have just done Harry's and been like, ha-ha, Ron, because, you know, they're brothers and that's what brothers do. But no, they were like, no, forget you, Harry, too. (laughs) We're just going to teleport all over the place. (laughs) You're what? They they disapparate a lot just because they can, 
and refuse to do magic for anyone else. Because they can. Jerks. I cannot pretend that my particular brand of reasoned agreement is making much headway against Greyback's insistence that we werewolves deserve blood, that we ought to revenge ourselves on normal people. But you are normal, said Harry fiercely. You just got a... a problem. (laughs) A little furry problem. (laughs) This quote just kind of makes me think of groups like Autism Speaks, and which we'll, we'll talk about them later. I think we're going to do a whole episode on them. But just that insistence that you can make people normal. Also, Greyback is a character that got kind of introduced pretty late in the series, and I don't like that. Yeah, we didn't hear about him at all. But there hasn't been any mention of Grindelwald since the first book either. Oh, good point. But... It's fed in there. There's a lot of stuff that she's fed in there. Like the thing about the Beezork making a comeback. That was just kind of a throwaway comment in the first book that becomes pretty important in this one. Sort of. I mean, yes. Kind of. (laughs) This next one is Harry talking to um, the minister. The minister trying to have him show up randomly to the Ministry of Magic. And he's like... You're making Stan a scapegoat, just like you want to make me a mascot. I honestly think that this conversation between Harry and the minister is probably my favorite part of the whole book. Yeah, it's like a weird... I, I don't I don't like it, because it's this weird line between him staying calm and also back-talking without crossing the line. Oh, but that's why I love it. The British shade is phenomenal here. Made me uncomfortable. (laughs) It's how you bless somebody out professionally. I am a wizard, not a baboon brandishing a stick. (laughs) It makes me laugh. I love it. (laughs) Here is another Dumbledore humble brag. (laughs) Yes, Harry, blessed as I am with extraordinary brain power... I understood everything you told me, said Dumbledore, a little sharply. I think you might even consider the possibility that I understood more than you did. And he was right. Birthday surprises. Again, it's just kind of moving through because nothing happens in this book. I know. (laughs) It's terrible. You have to understand the principles involved this time. No shortcuts. No cheats. This is Hermione talking about the trying to find the antidotes and Harry not having a shortcut written in the book. Well. And I, this this is why I have trouble in math. Because to me, math should be understanding the principle and actually solving it, which is really time consuming and slow. Where the way they teach math is basically to teach you to memorize stuff so you can do it fast. But that can lead to you getting things wrong. I can confirm this is true. (laughs) And in the side note here, apparently the prince, like Hermione, had no difficulty understanding it. It's, yeah. Moving on, though, when they're learning apparition, and it's, there's, like, nothing to it other than you just have to concentrate and do it, 
this kind of takes us back to what we were talking about earlier is why doesn't this randomly happen to people when they don't when they're not trying to do it especially to younger kids that haven't learned how to do it other magic that randomly happens why don't people just randomly splinch themselves <laughs> well i'm glad they don't <laughs> why don't people just randomly apparate though yes that's a good question <laughs> I mean, you'd probably end up in Disney World randomly all the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's just weird that it doesn't happen on accident. Oh, I get to talk like Hagrid again. Uh-huh. I expect he got hundreds of ideas brain like his, but he doesn't know who sent that necklace nor put that poison in that wand. A little country. <laughs> I love doing Southern Country Hagrid. <laughs> Is that going to be a thing now? Dixie Harry Potter. <laughs> no, I don't nah, want that to be Hagrid. a thing. Yeah, no, I don't want that to be a thing. Just Hagrid. Just Hagrid. Again, this is just reiterating the fact that Dumbledore knows everything except when he doesn't. When there's strife and when there's trouble, call on Peavies. He'll make it double. Again, I don't know why I put that there. I just enjoy rhyming things. You just liked it. Once again, gonna mention that Peeves should have been in the movies, but okay. Peeves should have been in the movie. Also, we get to another Quidditch chapter. Did you enjoy this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> but Luna was commentating, and I loved everything about Luna's commentary. I feel like if you were to ever commentate any type of sports, that's what it would be like. <laughs> Harry Potter's now having an argument with his keeper. <laughs> <laughs> They're sportsing. <laughs> And then when Harry wakes up in the hospital wing and Madame Pomfrey tells him not to overexert, he says, I want to find McLaggen and kill him. And Madame Pomfrey says, I'm afraid that would come under the heading of overexertion. <laughs> See what I mean? The British shade. I love how the teachers at the school just don't really care that the students are actively trying to hurt each other because eh, they can fix it. And the final thing that I've got is when Tom is talking about Hogwarts and how it is the only home that he's known. And it says, Harry felt slightly uncomfortable at these words, for this was exactly how he felt about Hogwarts too. Mm, a lot of similarities in The Chosen One. Yeah, I, that's why I don't like watching documentaries about serial killers. Why? Because this. Because they, these documentaries always find a way to, like, make you, like, feel the same way. Like, like they do something and you're like, well, I feel the same way. And then you get all, like, nervous. Like, maybe <laughs> I'm a serial killer. Uh, so you're saying they try to humanize it. Yes. But it's, like, all of Dexter. Eh, I couldn't get into Dexter. The whole point of Dexter is he's so human and normal. But he's also a serial killer. Didn't he only kill, like, bad guys, though? Yeah. So he's a vigilante serial killer. Fine. Yeah. So he was Batman. Still a serial killer. So let's move on to Autism Wizards. Yeah, let's go. Uh, today I'm going to talk about Edhara Perez Sanchez. She is a nine-year-old from Mexico. She was diagnosed... With Asperger's at age three. 
and at age four was found to have an IQ of 162. Oh, wow. For reference, Einstein's is estimated to be at 160. She completed high school at age eight, and she wants to be an astronaut and go to Mars. And she has received a personal invite to the University of Arizona to attend their space program. But they're kind of struggling with money, and also she's from Mexico, so doesn't speak English. So she is currently taking extensive English classes while dual studying industrial system engineering and industrial system mathematics at the Universidad CNCI, which I tried looking up what that stood for and couldn't find it. But it's a college in Mexico that she's taking dual majors in oh wow while studying english so that she can go to the university of arizona to be an astronaut okay so we're gonna be on the lookout for adhara i guess i guess that's how it's pronounced adhara it's a beautiful name. there's only one r it doesn't matter you've rolled the r's no only when there's two r's well we're sorry if we're pronouncing your name incredibly wrong but good luck getting to mars if you would like to join our conversation, you can send us owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a howler by sending a voicemail there, clicking the link in the description below, or giving us a call in the U.S. at 407-706-SPEW. And that's 407-706-7739. You can also find us on Twitter at Spectrum People. We're also on Facebook at Spewcast, on Instagram at SpewPod, and TikTok as well at SpewCast. So be sure to follow us. And as always, we'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. Mm-hmm. And until next time, I'm Quirinus. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Bye.